0: hello there welcome to episode 261 of the no proscenium podcast the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the NoPro headquarters here in Los Angeles. This week on the show, returning guests, friends of the show, partners in crime, David and Lisa Spira of Room Escape Artist, and the creators of Recon, the Reality Escape Convention, which will start this Sunday, August 23rd, and features two days of programming from across the escape game field. Lots of really exciting stuff in there. Uh, our friends from Strange Bird Immersive are going to be uh, like the first speakers in the whole deal. Uh, they're David and Lisa are gonna give you the breakdown and, and gonna give you some tips on what to see. We're also gonna talk about how it all came together uh, and the big pivot from doing a live event to doing an online event, which is a big, big pivot. And I'm really, after talking with them, I'm really, really excited to see How this all comes together. And the best part for everybody, it's free. It's free. Jump on in. Go check it out. Won't cost you a dime. Grab a ticket while you're listening to the podcast. Push some buttons. Make it happen. Register. And I will see you there. Uh, So yeah, we can do the whole show about it. So uh, let's, let's, no more superlatives for the moment. Just, you know, I'll see you there. I've got another, another big thing happening right now uh, and and it, it's hard for me to remember that this is a big deal um, because we've been at it for a while uh, and we've been in we've been in creator public beta uh, for a hot minute uh, but we've got uh, we, we we've just let loose under the world the public public beta of everythingimmersive.com. this is our new, Searchable website. Uh, it is completely uh, user-generated in the in the sense that creators send us listings, and we make sure everything's proper, and then we hit go, and then it's there. And there's so much. We've been in uh, we've been in you know open creator beta, so we haven't been promoting it, but anyone who knew it was there could use it uh, for the past couple of months. And there's just, there's hundreds of things in there right now. Uh, you know, I mean, it's things, things don't last forever. But there's, there's uh, escape games, and there are uh, immersive theater shows, and there's things where people deliver food to your house with a game, and there's one-on-one uh, encounters, and there are pod plays that will send you out into the world uh, at a safe distance from everybody. There's, there's just alternate reality games. There's stuff. There's so much stuff. And the best part about the site is it is searchable. Uh, this is something, uh, uh, a web dev named Chris Grimm approached me a couple of years ago and he said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in building a site like this. And I realized you've got all the data, you, you know, all the, the stuff that's going on. So, uh, would you be interested? And I said, oh buddy, am I interested? I'm waiting for someone who's crazy enough to do this with me because there's no money in it. So let's go. If this is a fashion project for you, it's a fashion project for me. So Chris and I were working on it for a while. I mean, and by which I mean like, you know, we talk, he does things and then I make notes and then he and he does more things. And then uh, as we got close, uh, we brought Catherine, uh, our executive editor into the loop. And that really accelerated our notes process. And, you know, right now, um, it's, it isn't everything it's ultimately going to be. And, and and there's a roadmap here. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the three of us will, will do an episode just talking about it. You know what? Put you all notice. We're going to do that relatively soon. Um, But What's exciting for me right now is that the core functionality is all there. And let me tell you, pandemic was a pivot for us as well, because we designed this site. The core thing about this site was, you know, what if I'm in Peoria and I just want to find out what's happening this weekend? Right? So like, that was the use case of like, someone plugs in where they are and gets a list of everything around them. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the world had other plans. So now. Um, we knew we couldn't launch with just that. So, uh, as it says, you can search by event name, category, location, or tag. So, uh, you can, you can type in where you are, you can type in like the category that you're interested in, uh, or you can, the one for me that's big is you can type in a tag. So it's like, you want something funny you type in comedy, you want something scary. You type in horror. Um, you can put that in and, What's, what's great about it is that, you know, we're, we're also starting to see, like, how people are looking for stuff, what, what, what is of interest to folks. And we could hoard that data if we wanted to, and we could use it for nefarious purposes uh, the way most social media companies do. But instead, what we will be doing with this is we will be telling all of you what people are looking for. Uh, will be will be creating insights into this world because we exist to serve. So um, we, we know that you want to know what's interesting, what's good, what's hot and what people what people want. And we're going to be able to share that information with you. Uh, and the site is giving us the ability to do that. And that is truly exciting. There's more that's going to be rolled out pretty soon. Uh, you know, pics of the week are coming. Uh, there's, there's a couple other things and we keep refining features. Uh, and there's, there's some fun stuff on the roadmap, but, uh, it's here, everything immersive.com. Uh, and, uh, it's, is an outgrowth of the Facebook group. And I'm just, I'm just super, I'm, I'm super happy. I actually am like, I haven't even, I haven't tapped into this at all. Like I'm happy because I saw some folks once we announced it, starting to post about it. And that, that got me really excited. Um, so if you want to find something to do this weekend, please go to EI, go to everything com. You got to type it all out. Everything immersive could not get EI.com. A little pricey that, uh, go to everything com. bookmark it. It's an old school way to do things. And uh, if you have an event and you're interested in getting it listed, because you're going to want to get it listed, go to the site, sign up, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and uh, the other big thing is that the NoPro newswire is now discontinued. The newsletter still exists, those are going just fine. The now playing section of NoPro is still going to be there. But the Newswire that just had all the show listings, if that was the page you went to all the time to check out what was going on, that's, that's now EverythingImmersive.com. The Newswire itself will have more news things on it. So the Newswire actually isn't going away. We sort of misspoke there. Uh, but it's going to change what it does. All right. Okay. One more thing before we start the show proper. We need to thank our latest Patreon backer. Uh, and we really do because uh, this person is coming in at the sustaining backer level, and that is Emily Gillette. So thank you so much, Emily, for joining us uh, at that level. Um, we have netted one less backer in the in the past month, uh, so we're down to three thirty-five. So now we're fifteen away from our next our next backer goal. Uh, but we we are we are doing well on the the, the funds side of things, which my my creditors are gonna love uh they're really excited about that uh particularly a year from now when the markers come due don't worry it's just the sba it's (laughs) i'm not that bad with money um (laughs) we are on the road to 350 backers we really could use your help uh particularly uh you know in in the long road picture of things uh Connect with us at patreon.com slash no persinium. Our sustaining backers as they stand right now are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F, Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sydney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Brittany and Elaine, and two more being added uh, in the next month. So, uh, so much thanks to everybody who backs us like that. All right, now, no more business on this side. I will catch you on the other side of the interview. Uh, let's check in with David and Lisa. David and Lisa, thank you for joining me. Um, you, When this airs, it'll be next Friday. We're recording this on the 14th, but this is going to air on the 21st. So, what are you going to be doing next Friday around this time?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know. We haven't really been thinking that far in advance things.
2: Actually, it's on my to-do list for tonight to work out with Teresa what everyone is doing.
1: Uh, We are hosting... We will be... We are... We are two days away from the Reality Escape Convention. Excellent.
0: Uh, that would be August twenty third and twenty fourth, and as it says here on the website, completely free and online. Um, I know that much like uh, here, summit uh, was you know planned to happen this year. Uh, you know the uh, the microbial biological world had a different plan for us all. So, what uh, for those who don't know, what is Recon? And uh, honestly, it's Friday. Is it too late for people to join?
2: It's not too late to join. Recon is the reality escape convention, and it is a free digital escape room convention um, for immersive game and escape room creators and owners and players and people who are just sort of interested and want to learn more about this world. And it is happening um, in two days, but you can still join.
1: It. it we're not locking off the uh, you know registration because it's it's free um so yeah it's um this was supposed to be in boston um we should be in boston right now as but uh, as you mentioned the apocalypse happened uh so we decided that we were going to pull this thing onto the internet and when we looked at the landscape of our industry and the related in real life entertainment industries we noticed a trend that um a lot of the people who were supposed to come to Recon were a little bit broke. So we decided to just offer the entire event for free. And that doesn't mean that it is of low or lacking quality. We have, uh, this has basically been our entire um, existence since about April.
2: So it's got a ton. It's got, um, I think it's 14 featured talks. Uh, from different presenters, from different areas of the industry and different places around the world. And it's got an exhibit hall with more than 30 exhibitors showing products for players and products for industry professionals of all different kinds. Um, We're going to have a community platform in the recon discord server where people can talk with each other. People can join facilitated discussions about some of these talks and also play games. So there's a lot going on over two days.
0: And you've got about 10 hours of programming a day that kicks off uh, first on Sunday and then Monday uh, for um, uh, 10 AM Eastern time. So, that means uh, if you're on the West Coast, uh, you know it's a 7 a.m. start, a little on the early side. But, but you can uh, watch from
2: bed because it's digital.
0: <laughs>
1: you don't even have to wear
0: pants. It's true. Yeah. Well, uh, do the speakers have to wear pants or no?
1: <laughs> so I mean, um, technically, probably not. So. No. Well, I mean, it really it really depends on how they frame themselves in camera, but. Um, the, the talks themselves have been pre-recorded and they're going to be live streamed at a appointed time. Uh, they've been edited. Um, some some of them have a fair amount of post-production put into them. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for that, but the Q&As that we have with them will be live. And um, we're also going to be using Discord to host small group discussions that follow many of the talks, and we have a small army of facilitators and volunteers who are going to be helping out with that. This is something that we uh, we took a lot of inspiration from, uh, from from what you guys were doing with the immersive design summit, and later on, at least, ho- ho- well, the plan was for here. Um, we really loved what you guys did with the salons, and so we wanted to take something take something like that and kind of put our own interpretive twist on it
0: yeah and the discord um as we learned on the the weekend that here was supposed to happen discord can can stand in fairly well for a, a salon structure so um i know we're looking at when we go back into the beast and you know gather that community back up uh sort of a little more informally there's a couple of discussions we want to have and
1: kind of keep things loose um I, I can oh, see the, the appeal hard. of loose.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I know you can see the appeal of <laughs> Luce. I mean, like, well, uh, so here's, so for folks who want to, not not to, not to, not to throw babies out with bathwater, um, but, you know, you've, all of them are recorded. Will those talks still exist after words or, or is there, are they gonna be persistent so if someone let's say you know I'm not exactly a morning
1: person they're, they're gonna be persistent they're yeah. gonna be persistent we
0: so you you did the work that usually happens like after a conference before a conference yeah so
1: yeah yeah we we did this because we went to a lot of digital conventions early you know early on in this as we were starting to plan and you know and a lot of them didn't have the luxury that we had, which was months to adapt. Um, but as we, we looked at them, we said, well, what what could and what do we think should be better? And we noticed that there was a lot of pressure being put on speakers to have, you know, just at the basics, have power and have their internet working at a very oh at, at a specific time. <laughs> so um, true. <laughs>
0: have,
1: you know, have their bitrate not fall, which they don't really have control over, um and and produce quality content and it's hard it's hard for a lot of people who especially people who aren't used to this stuff to perform under that kind of stress and having to manage all their own tech so we said well, what if we what if we recorded all of this and took that pressure off and that way if our speaker's tech completely fails the only thing that fails is the Q&A and we can move that to a later time if they can get themselves back up and running Um, Or we can pre-record and put something else out later. But we wanted to take the pressure off. Now, what that did do is put a ton of pressure on us.
2: But we're managing. Yep. (laughs) Um, So yeah, in answer to your question, um, a lot of it will be available. The talks will be available later. But we really do encourage people to watch while this is happening live if they can for the Q and A's and also for the community around it, for joining the discord, having text chat channels where all of these topics are, are happening and people are talking about them and there's a community growing there. And something we really wanted for Recon was, was that feeling of we're all doing this together and it's an event, even though we're not in the same place.
0: Yeah, and I think that is something everyone is really craving these days is i mean we we did this you know impromptu gathering uh it was last week's episode of the show it's going out today rest
1: rest Uh, in peace
0: yeah uh, for uh you know losing then she fell and so there was like there's like about a half dozen of us on the mic and and a few more people hanging out in the discord kind of listening in and just getting you know every the note afterwards from everyone who was on mic was like oh this this really helped you know, like it was a bummer of a day, and it was just nice to get together with everybody. And I keep on coming back to, you know, what can we do to kind of maintain some continuity, but also, you know, what can we do to 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 spark some of those connections that um, that are where some of the most interesting work and and some of the most interesting progress in the field come from is is having these dynamics of of people talking with each other. And the the tools are a little limited, but yeah, like you can break out five or six rooms in Discord at once. And more than that, you can break out kind of an infinite number of them. And one the thing I really love there is that unlike some other platforms, it's it's really easy to see who's where. Uh, I know there's people who are taking all kinds of approaches. Well, I guess there, there's something to ask you guys. Did you look at, you know, all of the different kind of platform options that are running around? And, and, and why did you settle on, this one in this form, because I think a lot of people, a lot of people running online events and festivals and whatnot, they're facing the exact same conundrum that you guys have faced in this one.
1: Yeah, we looked at a lot of options. Um, One of the people on the recon team, there are eight people who have been working kind of endlessly to make this thing happen. And one of them, Brendan, is our tech guy, who is also, um, he heads up um part of the IT department for a publicly traded company. Uh he he looked at he had a giant spreadsheet with everything that he could find and he was weighing the pros and cons of each and having to balance the fact that we we basically gave him no budget uh because it's free. Um and as we were looking at the various options that were out there, I mean, if you've got a ton of money to throw at the problem, there are some magnificent solutions for you. If you have effectively no or very little budget, um, Discord offers a ton. And for a lot of the reasons that you've noted, and probably a lot of the reasons why I think here ended up in it, um, it's it's got a lot of features that are, I think, more than good enough to create this serendipitous environment that you want for a convention where people are interacting with each other, um, text, voice, video, and doing so in a way that's fairly fluid and doesn't, doesn't get in the way that much. I mean, it, it can. And if your connection gets sloppy, then, you know, all bets are off. But it it offers a ton. It also gave us a lot of options in terms of building and installing bots to facilitate a lot of the process. Um, it has a lot of really solid admin controls that allow us to empower our moderators to be able to react to to problems. Um, yeah. And we've planned for as many contingencies as we can.
0: It's It's such a mature platform. And it's so, as much as, you know, maybe you know, the the no pro community is still mostly rooted in Slack uh, or in, in Facebook, but discord, you know, allows for fluidity and spontaneity and the voice side of it, I think is a huge part. It sometimes feels like you're on a party line and there is that depth um, with the bots and with everything else and how much it hooks in. And it's, and even though like the first time somebody comes into discord if particularly if they've never say used slack or irc back in the day they'll they'll kind of be disoriented and it takes a moment but it is worlds more efficient than say the twitch interface oh god um, which i i go on and you know go try to do things on twitch and like it's just it is my it is my least favorite ui of any website in existence uh because it feels like every and if you work for twitch and you're on the engineering team i'm about to burn you so sorry it feels like all the people who designed blingy for myspace found a home um and uh it's it's everything i hate about a video game ui (laughs) all in one space um you know it, it asks the question what if you what if there aren't enough pop-up windows in League of Legends? Um, <laughs> the answer is Twitch. So just just burns my burns my eyeballs uh, all the time, and and Discord does not have doesn't have nearly that level of a problem uh, when it comes to to the user interface.
2: And I'll speak on behalf of of all the people who don't feel comfortable with new tech platforms because I'm not David and I'm not Brendan and I'm not excited about trying new platforms. So I understand all the people who feel comfortable on Facebook and Slack because that's what they use all the time. And that's me too. And so I was a little bit concerned about Discord because I knew that I struggle with new platforms. And I have to say it really wasn't that hard. So if you're listening and you're a little bit afraid of it, it's new to you and it seems like a challenge or you you tried it once, but I spent a couple of hours and I felt comfortable. I now just navigate around the recon discord, you know, set helping set it up and it's, it's working.
1: And to, to, to further help people find their footing in this, we have a part of our, our 30 plus person volunteer army is, um, a group of concierges who are going to be there explicitly to help people find their way around. And we've written, uh, we've written all sorts of guides and troubleshooting, uh, Um, text so that they are able to respond to these problems really quickly and help people get oriented we're also opening up the recon discord a few days before recon happens
2: so if you're listening to this right now um you should be able to join either now or like in a few minutes
1: yeah um that way we can get people signed in get you know help them through whatever questions or concerns or discomfort that they have, help them get their footing. And then on Sunday, we will be able to launch the convention and, um, we'll have, we'll have put in a few days of work, getting people in and onboarded and comfortable.
0: That's fantastic. Let's pivot over. Uh, cause I know we can get super nerdy about platforms. Let's pivot over <laughs> to what's going to be talked about. Um, I also have to imagine that the original plan for you know what people would be talking about has at least partially gone out the window um the window which we're not allowed to leave um yeah, we're, we're
1: we're all living in 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 rear window
0: exactly um what themes have emerged uh, out of, out of the talks that you've been, I mean, that's the thing at this point you're sitting on most of the content you know, what's being talked about. What are some of the themes, uh, that people should be looking for? Like, do yeah. give, give some uh, cliff notes here? Like some, some hot, some hot goss and some talk.
1: Yeah, I what's got the you. Team? Um, so <laughs> pro, the, the, the programming of all of this has been, this has been my baby. Um, the team has, has, you know, people have really almost basically everyone has their own domain that they're responsible for. And the team kind of comes together and then gives them the input they need and then leaves them alone and lets them execute. Um, So programming has been my baby. Um, And what we threw out a lot of the talks that were announced and planned for Recon Boston because we looked at the lay of the land and said, you know, all those expensive and super fancy ideas... Are are not they're not appropriate right now. We're not going to have someone talk about you know how it, the the game that they produced that you know had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget because that's not relevant to most of mostly anyone right now. What we asked the speakers to do was to think through lessons that would apply to immersive game design regardless of where it was happening. Mm. Um, Lessons that would help you if you're making an escape room or some other immersive game in rea- in reality, or lessons that would allow you to make an online experience. Um, so that is, that's where we really or put a our a print focus. and
2: play or a boxed game to really focus on these concepts that could transverse the medium. It,
1: exactly. So... We have stuff that, that that zooms in on a lot of different areas specifically, but the overarching goal was let's just help raise everybody's knowledge level on these fundamentals that will help elevate whatever it is they're producing.
0: Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds like what's needed at the moment. Um,
1: but I, I can talk to a few specific talks that I think people would really we'll really find interesting if that's something you'll find find helpful yeah no i
0: think i think it'd be good to to give some targeting here i mean one of the good things about what you've done is you know this this is a a, a linear event so there's there's nothing that people will be like you know there's no conflicts here it's like oh i can't see such and such a thing it's like everything's kind of lined up uh and so the, the 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 herd will go from from one grazing area to another um, I do have some questions there about how the conversation will work, particularly if you get like a nice, big, robust turnout. But yeah, <laughs> what, are, what are a couple of highlights here that people should be zeroing in on? Like what feels like it's a can't miss.
1: So some highlights specifically for kind of the no pro audience, leaning more into the immersive experience side of things. Um, we have Haley and Cameron Cooper from Strange Bird Immersive. Uh, they're giving uh, they're giving a talk called "Make It Immersive: Turning Walls into Worlds." Um, I, I just think the world of the of the two of them from a storytelling, from a game design, from a technical execution standpoint, I, I think that they are just among the finest that our collective industries have produced. And um, they're giving a talk that really focuses in on how they go about creating the work that they create, which isn't necessarily high budget. They don't work with expensive materials and they don't have um, crazy set design and technical skills on a level of many of the companies that we've encountered that are also viewed as viewed among this top tier. What they do is they pay ridiculous attention to detail and they're really walking through how to go about doing that. Um, And basically everything that they're suggesting costs essentially no more money than any other experienced creator would have would have been spending but it has to do with where you where you focus your attention and your energy
0: that part right there i think is is absolutely critical and you know a creator's signature is their focus right or their focus is their signature um and that's that's true in any medium right
1: it, it really like, is
0: yeah um, cause no, even, even when you think about, you know, the, the now almost mythical four quadrant crowd pleasing, you know, multiplex release, um, there's, there's a point where if it gets too processed out, it becomes very bland. Um, and the only thing, even, even with the Marvel movies, you know, like some of them can start to kind of taste a little oatmeal-y, but the ones that really work have a focus, have a spice, have a character to them.
1: Um, I, I thought it was the ones that have sky beams. Sky beams? Just sky beams. That's the, like every Marvel movie has like some something in space that is beaming down to Earth, and there's a big, there's a, there's always a sky beam.
0: Oh uh, for a second I like, thought you were talking about like god lights.
1: And oh was, like, no, I mean, no 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 no. skybeams like
0: Spielberg, yeah. They're so, just everywhere. Yeah, no, it's true. No, 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 yeah, now, nah, now, nah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, something comes whoosh and you know yeah. uh yeah, it's you know, it's all Sky
1: Beams do. and superhero landings.
0: Exactly. Um but uh but you know, like the best ones are like, you know, Winter Soldier, where it's got it's got character. It's got a lot, a lot, a lot of character. Mm-hmm. And uh had so much character that, you know, the Russo brothers became a thing. Uh, and those guys had been like you know doing great work on television up until that point and then they they did something that had some spice to it so um and somehow talked robert redford into <laughs> to being in a marvel movie i like, know i think the money so, did
1: that though so, so um yeah on the on the subject of character um hold oh, on oh, I'm, I'm getting a spam phone call
0: oh <laughs> i thought i thought you were you were like castigating yourself for no, uh, no, 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 no. for doing a segue. I...
1: <laughs> no. Um, so, on the subject of character, we have a talk from Amanda Whitney, um, who is uh, from the Room Escape Divas podcast. Um, she is giving a talk specifically on characters in escape rooms and looking at the types of characters that you encounter and exist in these worlds, and how to round them out, how to turn them into in, into characters that are actually meaningful and that you want to engage with. Um, the talk is, it's our shortest talk. It is I, by far our funniest talk. It's completely bonkers. It's incredibly well executed and has—it uh, just has a lot of spice to it. Uh, I think people are going to get a lot out of it and, and also just be kind of bewildered by it, which I love.
0: One of the talks is also going to be the two of you giving uh, a look at the state of the escape room industry. Uh, so maybe we can get a little bit of a preview of sort of where things stand right now. Um, cause, and I'm, and I am curious, cause like, I'm not able to track, you know, all the places where things are, are operating in the U S at the moment when it comes to the escape rooms. Like I know that there are some counties where there's, there's rooms are open again. And I'm very curious how
1: that's going. So we are in the middle of doing our data analysis on that. Um, I guess the the high level from what we can tell at this point is that things, at least in terms of pure, purely closures up to this point are not as bad as we were expecting, um, but the risk is is cumulative damage financial damage to these businesses and it we have no method of tracking what the financial state of individual companies is beyond the binary is it open or is it not open yeah
2: and i think you know in terms of right now the is it open question i guess it's really an is it closed permanently question and that's not as bad as we were expecting there is a lot of Temporary closures. And then um, we're just going to have to wait and see whether that turns into, you know, reopening and to what degree of success or into um, permanent closure.
0: Yeah. The hardest thing there is, you know, it, like we just had with Sleep No More, uh, not Sleep No More, <laughs> then she fell, right? Freudian slip. Um, Freudian slip, which way? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> probably just. The- probably like worried. Oh God, please don't let them close next week. That would be bad. No. Oh, that'd be weird. That'd be really weird. Oh, geez. The point is, um, you know, we're, we're in this moment where things are, you know, temporarily shuttered and then one day you find out, no, that was the last game. That was the last show. We just don't, we just didn't know it yet. And I think a lot of that comes to the fact that, uh, even I did not expect us to be in the type of lockdown, lockdown's the wrong word because we're not in lockdown, purgatory? Yes, purgatory is a good word. I didn't expect us to be in this sort of purgatorial state where, you know, the economy is neither alive nor dead. The the virus is neither contained uh, nor it, uncontained. It, it,
1: it's just Schrodinger's I mean, reality.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 like every everything's just like it's it's nuts it's completely we didn't nuts.
2: expect it either yeah.
0: yeah yeah well i mean have you been talking to folks and seeing like you know i mean how many what's the commitment level amongst escape room owners that you've been talking to to holding on and are people going into debt and taking on sba loans and 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 other loans and are they getting, you know, good deals with landlords, you know, is there any kind of trend? Is it all regional based? it's,
1: It's all over the place. I mean, one of the things that we had been advising people, if, you know, if someone asked, you know, what, you know, thinking about getting into the escape room industry, you know, what's your advice? One of the things that we had been saying for years is your landlord matters, who they are, how they interact with you, you know, how they were funding the debt that Bought the you know the 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 property in the first place. If there was debt funding that that property, all of these things really mattered. We didn't realize when we were giving that advice how much it mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the that's I think one of the biggest factors that people are dealing with is what is their relationship with their landlord like. Because you can shut down a lot of costs you can kind of hunker down and 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 limp for a long time as long as you are not you know gushing blood and and it's it's the rent that is you know if if there's a big wound it's the rent um it seems to me that it's it's all over the place we've spoken to people who have had to close some some of their their facilities or or you know for people who have who have multiple people who have had to close um people who have had to sell we have spoken to people who, you know, feel like they're, they're going to be fine to weather this long term or some of their locations will. Um, I, I am particularly concerned about, you know, escape rooms in, in inner cities, especially, um, you know, places that were tourist hubs. Um, those are tend to be very expensive leases yeah. and they need tourism, which, you know, isn't really a thing anymore
0: yeah and and will probably not be a thing a little bit longer i know that when we're looking at you know when we do an in person event next year i'm not really anticipating an international crowd i'm not anticipating a lot of people being super eager to come into the states and i'm even you know thinking about you know, how much how much interstate travel is there going to be. It really depends upon how contained things are. Um and that spills over, you know, into everything. I mean, I've been paying some attention to what's going on in Orlando with the Disney Parks and Universal. And you know, so far <laughs> so far there's been no major story, you know, coming out of there. But there's a whole layer where it's like I don't necessarily trust the, the 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 reporting out of Florida when it comes to like the the government numbers seem to be um there seems to be pressures uh that obscure the data. So I I have my doubts about how well things are being tracked.
1: It's it's a hard problem though. I mean, if you th- if you've ever had food poisoning, uh which I did, you don't know, like you don't necessarily know which which meal, like which, which bite of food was it, you know? And so, and that's usually, you know, like what twenty four hours at most. Here, you're talking about something that has a long incubation, and you know, you just it's hard to it's hard for any one person who got it. It's it's essentially impossible for any one person who got it to go and pinpoint, you know, the 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 time and date and place that it happened because it could have been it's it, it was days ago yeah so it's 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 hard from a from a data purely from a data standpoint. It's just foggy data, yeah. yeah one
2: of the things that I will say that escape rooms have going for them and that we've heard from some owners in different parts of the country is that when people are able to leave their homes and do something with the people who they've been in quarantine with or they've accepted into their pod as this is my small group of people that I'm gonna see. An escape room is a form of entertainment that you can do in a small group um, without going to a museum or a concert hall or theater where there's a ton of people. So some companies have actually experienced um, reopenings that have gone really well because of the tone in their area and people looking for that type of entertainment with a small group. Have they,
0: have those same owners reported that people are being pretty, pretty good about, you know, following whatever instructions the staff is giving. Because I know, like, when we look at just the retail scenario, there are literal horror stories uh, along those vectors about um, belligerent customers. Um, so are, are you hearing anything of that nature or are people seemingly, you know, super relieved?
1: We're hearing the the trend line seems to be people being reasonably respectful. We have definitely heard one off stories from people. Uh, we have fr- you know friends who have like sent us a message like, "Oh, got our first visit from anti maskers today," um, but those don't seem to be the norm. Um, it's it's definitely you know the other thing that helps is it's it's a it's a small, you know, it's a, it's a small footfall business, even before this. And now as you know, probably, you know, most of these companies have cut their capacity in half so that they can, um, you know, spread out more and not have teams overlap and have, you know, have time to do, do extra cleaning. So it's, it's not a high footfall business. You're getting fewer customers in per hour than, than most businesses anyway. Um, so that that kind of helps. But then you also have the layer of this is a, you know, it's it is a it is an activity that by nature is forcing you to engage your brain. And that does um turn off a certain portion of the audience.
0: <laughs> although although they, they they do like their heavy research uh <laughs> on 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 certain types of websites. So
1: um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, yeah. there's, there's a whole, there's, I mean, there was, I mean, as you all know, like there was that whole article, um, I'm trying to remember who it was, I think it was Adrian Hahn, uh, wrote about ARGs and, and Q and that really made the rounds and like in the community and it even, you know, broke into the New York times, and yeah, there's... I mean,
1: I feel slightly resentful because I wrote that, I wrote the exact same, basically the same, same piece, um, not calling out QAnon specifically, but call, talking about conspiracy theories like three months ago, and the beauty of an escape room and how they've helped me have empathy for this the, this particular conspiracy theorist mindset.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... Adrian's got a a really big footprint in the ARG community, so I, I, you know, I'm
1: aware. I was just yeah, saying, I, yeah.
0: like it's not, not not really a surprise, um, yeah. that that his post took off the way it did.
1: I'm not um, either,
0: and but it's like, yeah, no, there's there's definitely, yeah, I mean that's that's a whole other rabbit hole because there's ways in which one can appreciate the ways in which the forms are related, like there's something to the psychology, like the, the satisfaction of puzzle solving and the discovery of lore and all these things that are sort of baked into the human uh, psyche seemingly at a layer beneath that of culture. Uh, But, you know, if it gets, it can be used for fun or it can be exploited. And uh, I think we've, We've seen it get exploited in in our communities in the past um, towards, you know, small ends, but now it's getting done for political ends. It's just, it's, yes, it's weird. (laughs) It's definitely weird. It definitely Um,
1: is.
0: Good to know that it's just like the occasional anti-masker popping up and uh, getting belligerent. Um,
1: We're, We're definitely not hearing tons of stories of this problem good
0: that makes me happy
1: does make it it, it's you know but you you never you never know it's the the longer everybody operates you know the the more they will end up having some problem along those lines
0: well i mean there's there's definitely a level of complacency that a lot of people have fallen into and like that's that's an issue and the number of times they go to the store and someone's with the mask on but it's below their nose and it's like I. and there's a part of me that wants to roll up and say like, Oh, look, I know you're a mouth breather, but just in case, <laughs> um, or that, or I just want to punch them. Uh, usually I just want to punch them. I don't do either of those things. Cause I'm a, I'm a decent human being for now. Um, but like the, the folks who are say running around with like fake government badges and, uh, Crocs and saying that they're, you know, from the freedom to breathe, you know, uh, bureau, uh, and terrorizing poor shopkeepers in Orange county, California, which are a real thing it it definitely feels like there are fewer of those by far, but it gets viral and yeah, there's a lot it, of
1: it is mm-hmm. that's that's the way a tire fire always you know people always want to look at the tire fire the yeah. you know the the story of you know large percentage of population doing right thing does not get clicks.
0: Well, and and what gets scary to me about it is doesn't get clicks. People want to look at the tire fire and then, you know, what we would now call a clout chaser. People see that people are getting attention for being that kind of tire fire. So they go out and do the same thing. And this is actually how a lot of the bad behavior winds up. I mean, it's just, it's like a seven year old who wants all the attention. It's like, Oh, I was behaving myself. Nothing happened, but I broke dad's toy and so now nobody wants to do anything but engage with me i mean they're yelling at me but i'm being engaged with Um, and it's it's beneath the threshold of conscious thought uh and it but it's but it spreads um and you know it looks like i wonder if anyone's doing like heavy research on like how long it takes like from annoying meme plasma on 4chan to like physical manifestation uh at, in the tens of thousands of people um because we've had a couple of examples of this now and i just I, yeah i wonder if someone's got the math about how long it takes is it two years is it six months what is it's, it My
1: guess is that the the cycle the cycles probably keep getting shorter
0: oh absolutely yeah
1: it, one of the things that i've been thinking a lot about and to create a little bit of a rabbit hole but i just the Where people's because I've been talking to so many creators um, through the process of of setting up recon and finding speakers who meet the incredible needs and demands that we are kind of putting on them to present at this. Um, And a lot of it, a lot of what I keep coming back to is this realization that people who are who do things, whether it's creating games or giving talks or whatever, specifically for attention they it's it's hollow it's it's always so hollow when the goal is the attention mm-hmm. it it really has to come from some other it has to come from some other place to have any kind of meaning at, or, or long-term value and that's that's the thing that i have been trying to suss out when i when i talk to someone when i'm planning something when i'm trying to figure out well who's the right person to give a talk on you know on say technology or something like that um it's finding people who are you know maybe their first instinct wasn't to present maybe i need to talk them into it um because that wasn't their goal their goal wasn't the attention
0: there was an article going around the other day about similar a similar uh, intersection i was just trying to find it and I cannot find it. This is one of those things that I like, you know, bounced on for a half second. I was like, Oh, that looks interesting. Just this. Yeah. That idea that if you're people who wind up doing the work, um, you know, for that reason, the work doesn't wind up being as good and it doesn't wind up having the same kind of impact. Like you're just not, you're not as creative. That actually like it takes away the cycles from creativity to be concerned with you know, getting getting all eyes on your on yourself
1: yeah i mean um, and that's you know to to what you're talking about earlier with the marvel movies you know so much of what goes into creating those movies is just about making sure that enough eyes will land on them at, in the first place and that means that they're starting to you know they they are creatively having to balance all sorts of stuff like, well, is this idea too offensive for us to delve into? If we do delve into it, how deep can we go before it becomes something that turns off some of the audience? How do we make sure that we are, you know, shooting it in enough locations internationally that we can appeal to, you know, to, to, to audiences in, in, in specific countries? You know, what do we need to do to make sure that it will be put on screens in in, in all of the countries we want? Yeah. So the more you have to put your creativity into the act of getting eyes onto your your thing the the, the less your creativity is going into the heart and soul of the thing itself
0: yeah and there's and, and there is also a dance between you know, there's there's plenty of people who like take the hard tack of I'm gonna create what I want to create and like you know damn the audience like it doesn't matter
2: yeah
1: that's and, a different extreme and also yeah. I think equally damaging
0: absolutely yeah it's like congratulations mr. Wasso. like uh, what else <laughs> what right,
1: else right. Can we give you you know
0: um but like there's there is this there's there's a it's not that like moderation in all things is the way to go but there's an alchemy to it. There's Mm -hmm. a formula here that balances and particularly in experiential work of any kind, like you must be thinking about how the audience is going to perceive what you're doing in a large part because you're playing with their perceptions. Um, This is, this is true of puzzle design, you know, like what, how are they going to get this? But trying to make sure it's not too easy. Um, that, That dance is absolutely critical um,
2: I think it's true of convention design too, even in the digital world, because I feel like we're doing that dance a lot with our team in these conversations that we're having. Um, putting on an event of a bigger size than we've ever done before um, has come with a lot of those types of conversations.
1: It it really has. I mean, especially with, with all the pre-production work we're doing, where we have stuff where, you know, we're looking at like, that person just said something that, that, that might piss some people off. And then we have to decide, well, are, are we, are we okay with that? Is it, is it the good kind of pissed off or is it the bad kind of pissed off? Is it the, they'll laugh it off kind of, you know, kind of like, uh, that was funny, not my kind of humor, but like, I, you know, like, I'm not gonna like, and we, and we have to, we've, we've really tried to lean in the direction of let our, you know, let our speakers, let our people be them and yeah. make their jokes there. And for the most part, they have come back to us and said, you know what? There's one that went too far. Please cut that. Yeah. Um,
0: well, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a level where, you know, if you try and like force someone to be too anodyne and, and it, it can almost be like, you know, you know, journalistic malpractice if you're like concealing that's like, Oh yeah, this person, you know, You know just just went right off and 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 there's a line where it's like okay they just they didn't realize what they were doing they were being thoughtless right you know they were thoughtless or they were ignorant and particularly if they can be brought back around to be say like oh yeah i was just brain fart i was not even thinking about that at all versus oh no this is really represents like their point of view and so people should know where they're coming from um yeah you know, and that's that's the kind of thing you face whenever you're in an editor mode and you're, you know, if you're crafting, say, like a feature article or, you know, if you're doing a feature, um, like an audio feature interview, and it's not just like we recorded something and then we're dumping it on the internet, um, where then people kind of know like, oh yeah, I should be, hum-, you know, then people self-censor, right? You know, uh, if they need to self-censor. But you get into these questions from an editorial standpoint of like, how how much do we let this person, you know warts and all? Um, particularly if, you know, something's said or done that doesn't represent the heart of their practice and is just like, oh yeah, they just they just don't know that the, that that particular phrasing gets read this way, which speaks to just how thorny um how thorny any conversation that involves code switching, um, whether you're going across cultural lines or you're going across disciplinary lines, uh just how how tricky that is. Um I know that's like we're we're sitting around and, and you know discussing as we're like building systems and, and talking about stuff, you know, the conversations around diversity and inclusion and the fact that like there's fatigue <laughs> There's fatigue, uh, uh, even amongst pe- folks who's who are most impacted by the issues surrounding diversity and inclusion. There's fatigue around those conversations, and there's a, a real sense of like, hey, how are we? How do we have this conversation, or how do we how do we implement policies around this in a way that doesn't just perpetuate? Definitely doesn't perpetuate the systems that are already in place, but also doesn't perpetuate just the energy and emotional drain for the people who have to you know fight this fight all the time right um all that stuff's tricky
1: making is tricky we we put an you know we put a really honest effort into um into diversity when we were programming recon and it 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 was hard it was hard to do because it's not that diverse a community at its core level. Um it's not impossible, but it ain't easy. And we have, you know, we've supported other immersive and escape room conferences in the past and tried to help them round out their their speaker lineup, so it was a problem that we have been familiar with over the long haul and we had been helping other folks with it, you know, even before we had decided that we were going to dive into this particular pool ourselves um and it's what's interesting is the 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 when you start talking to people you know they're they're people who care and they're people who claim to care and the difference that i keep finding is the people who claim to care only want to have a conversation about it in a public forum and the people who actually care about it will engage with you one-on-one and have a deeper conversation on the subject and that's that has been an interesting experience mm. for, for me in navigating and um realizing that like someone who called us out publicly literally wouldn't return my dms when i tried to speak to this individual um you know one-on-one because i thought that they actually cared and and you know i had sent them a message saying hey if there's anybody in the community who you think has a voice that should be elevated i would love an introduction to that person And, um, that was met with pure radio silence, which helped me understand, you know, that what their stated goal was, was not necessarily in line with what they're actually doing.
0: Yeah. Well, so much of that territory is, is charged in a way. There's, there's a, there's a siege mentality for a lot of folks and some of that comes from the fact that they are under emotional siege all the time.
1: Like this is this is not one of those people. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I mean it's like, we're not, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna get to direct. Yeah. But like, I think but yeah. I also but I do think it's important also though to like acknowledge that Absolutely. you know, there there are some folks who, you know, will be like, God damn it, this again. And then, you know, they'll feel like they'll feel like they're, you know, it's it's just a, this is this is too much. Right. You know, like, and they're broken. And, and I, I often find myself, you know, when I'm there, there's a, there's a way in which something I find really interesting about, particularly about online discourse is like, there's a way in which people will use analogy to make an empathetic leap. Um, and then there'll be pushback around people using analogy to make empathetic leap, which I always see as being something, maybe not the, it's like, like last on the list of sins, right? You know, like pretty low, low on the bar and, and you know, par example. And it is a cop-out when people say it, but it's like, you know, you'll see people are talking about feminism. Well, as a father of daughters. And you're like, oh God, as a father, really, really bro? Really as a father of daughters. But there's a moment where I go, well, but at least he's like maybe stepping through the door. Can we pull him in a little farther? Can we get them to be like, oh, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like the fact that that you have this personal relationship, can you then extend it beyond the personal relationship you have uh, and get people to go up to that next level of, you know, psychological development? Um, Because everyone starts out with that analogy. Oh, I saw this happen to my friend or this happened to me. And now I can now or... Oh, this is kind of like you know when x happened to me, that's like when y happened to you i i I get it, but don't get it. It's the scale of some of this stuff and just the sheer you know it's like the when the the when you see people arguing of all things like black lives matter versus blue lives matter, and the simple slice of argument there is the uniform comes off someone's racial identity doesn't not in this society at least Um, you can that uniform can be folded up and put away Uh, the badge and gun can be turned in can be renounced even but there's 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 no there's no end of the day there's no end of watch if you're black in America that order of magnitude is the thing that is, is where the, the gulf between people is just is, it's always going to be like, it's out completely outside of lived experience, but whatever lines, whatever connections we can make, you know, um, and it it gets back to that idea of, you know, a tire fire is going to get all the attention, right? The, the pain, and the hurt and the problem we're all hardwired for that there's there's a whole way in which the pleasure of problem solving is what's at heart at the heart of escape games right like we are wired to be drawn towards those problems and want to do something about them and the glory of an escape game is you can do something about this problem here's something you can solve <laughs> You can't solve the Constitution, but you can solve this room, and and that drive the drive towards connection. Um, that's something that uh, it takes a little more effort to, to put emphasis on the the positive, and and the good side of the network effect, uh, particularly because we're we're just so we're so seemingly hardwired for the the, the bad side.
1: I don't think that we're hard- hardwired for it. I think, that, I think that in all of my travels, in all of my experiences in different parts of the U.S., in different parts of the world, in violent humanitarian crises, which is something I have experienced professionally, um, most of the time, most people are just trying to get by they're trying to live their lives they're trying to take care of their kids maybe they're hoping that their kids have a better life than them but most people are are just they're, they're just doing their thing and they're not hurting anybody and they have no aspirations to hurt anybody i think that we pay a disproportionate amount of time to the people who do we do it in our fiction whether it's tv video games movies books immersive experiences we do it in our news you know, our society is not really built around the people who are doing right. Our, our our society is built around stopping the people who are doing wrong, and that's where we pay all of our attention. It also happens to overlap with doing wrong comes with excitement. It it doing wrong frequently is an easy way to tell a good story. Uh, but I, when I look at most people, when I interact with most people, I. I don't see malice in most people, even people who espouse ideas that I think are, you know, contrary to what I, how I think humanity ought to operate. I do not think it is coming from a place of malice for most people. Now, there not, is a small well,
0: Well, well I'm, and I'm not saying just to, you know, to, to, to be certain here, I'm not saying that humanity has a predisposition to malice. I'm saying that humanity has a predisposition to problem solving. Oh, yeah, that that and that because we have a because we're looking, we look for problems to solve. And that's one of the reasons why our attention settles on the problem. Right. Because we we don't necessarily focus on, well, how can the, the good thing be made better? Sometimes it's because you must stop the bleeding right you know the last thing you want to see when you've got a gunshot wound is a plastic surgeon coming up and saying you know if we just shaved your nose down a little bit your insta would be so fire right like you, you don't need it right then man but but the fact that we we then our, our our structures our institutions everything starts to like focus on that to the point where like we don't even you know, case to, to thinking about like as we talk about like how do we tackle some of these big structural issues that that are uh, you know, extant in the world, we can get caught in the dialectic of fixing what's broken, or we can get into a dialectic of dreaming what would be better and building something that would be better and letting you know letting the old structures really just fade into the past. That moment, and particularly in this pandemic moment we find ourselves in, if we can start, if we if we can get back to hope as our focus, as opposed to all the things that are bad, uh, that feels like there's a little bit of like cultural alchemy that has to be done there to like refocus us away from, you know, just staunching the bleeding to actually maybe maybe replacing the limb, as it were.
1: Oh, did I lose you guys? No, I'm just not sure where to go from there.
0: Yeah, no, neither, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> let's bring it back to let's <laughs> bring recon. I, yeah, um, for, for, for
1: what it's worth, uh, and I'm actually slightly concerned about this. We have done our we've gone to great lengths to not delve deeply into politics in this recon.
0: It's which is which is which is also fine.
1: Yeah. Right. Like we we're we're putting effectively a ban on political topics that aren't directly related to the owning and operation of escape rooms and immersive games um because we have we have a global audience we have people from all over the world we have people from all over the united states we have people who are watching from the outside and are very surprised at what is going on in the United States and have voiced that to me. We have people who are here and see you know seem you know seem to be quite content with the direction that we're going.
2: We also have an audience who's been affected in very different ways. We have small business owners and we have people who have played every online experience they can get their hands on because they have more money than they know what to do with right now. So we have that as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, and there's something to be said as well for recharging and getting out of getting out of the stream, because it's just like, if you go online, it is pretty much inescapable 24
1: seven. Yep. and been... that's basically what we've told our moderators to tell people: like, look, if you wanna, if you wanna argue about politics, if you wanna, you know, drop sound bites or political memes, like Facebook will have you all day long. Yeah, this is this is two days where we're just talking about immersive games and the act of creating them and our love of them.
2: And I think that those moderator trainings where we had those discussions were really great. I mm-hmm. think people were really appreciative of that being the way recon is going to run because everybody's just inundated with it.
1: Yeah. We've run, we've run like four 90 minute trainings so that we could get all of our different uh, volunteers up to speed on everything from our code of conduct to the processes, to the mechanics of how you, how you operate in discord. So we put a lot of energy into making sure that they're empowered and, and knowledgeable and, and ready to, uh, to, to make this event as successful as it can be.
0: It sounds like you guys have put the effort in to create a space where people can really dive deep into the craft of that's, escape games.
2: That's that, the goal.
1: That is the goal. Um, you know, Hopefully people will be able to take a step out of the chaos that is and even if it's just for two days, start to think about what can be made and how it can be created.
0: Yeah. Well and then and I mean, as much as as much as you guys might be pulling away from the politics of the moment, that framing right there, this idea of can we think about can we think about what we would like to build? Can we think about the way things could or should be? Um, even if it 's just in someone's own life there's there's a there's a radicalness to that um in a culture even beyond the political dimension of it like literally doesn't matter where on the political spectrum you lie. the culture as a whole like doesn't want you to plan it doesn't want you to think it doesn't want you it doesn't want you getting ahead of whatever the crisis du jour is, right? Um, And that's having a place to step outside the moment and look at the picture as a whole is absolutely critical if you're going to be someone who has a say in the way your own life plays out. Um, Yeah, so I, I thank you guys for building that space.
1: Thank you very much. yeah, we are we're really excited about it. the The talks are, you know, they're covering so many different things. We've come up with a lot of different formats so that it's not all the same. And as you cycle through the day and you you encounter different speakers from different places, um they'll be presenting in different ways. And they, you know some of them are working with interrelated ideas to one another some are are going to be talking about stuff that is completely unrelated and i think some of the ideas will will surprise um and that's that's the goal is that people walk away with tangible actionable knowledge that will either help them create directly or will set them on a path of for their own discovery and their their own you know figuring out their own way through it particularly our tech talk which um I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of. Um, you know, it just kind of embraces the nature that you can't teach someone to be an engineer in a 40 minute talk, but it can teach you some really good fundamentals um, for making things and give you different threads to pull on if you want to start creating things and give you you know, the, the tooling and direction towards more information that will help you find your own path.
0: Folks who want to go on that journey, the journey starts this Sunday as the time goes, (laughs) like not the Sunday we're recording, but the Sunday that's airing, August 23rd, 10 a.m. Eastern time with a startup of uh, the the registration area opening at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, for those who wanna hang out on the Discord and see who's popping through a little sooner and carries on through uh what time Monday does it wrap up? What's that? At
2: Twenty
1: PM Eastern. Eight PM Eastern. So 8 is when we will be conc- giving our concluding remarks. Fantastic.
2: we'll be wrapping up our concluding remarks. we can stay on schedule.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I got to
0: I get a feeling you guys will stay on schedule. Uh, have, having a lot of stuff pre-edited already—that that helps. Um, all right, yeah, really. everybody. Uh, it's free and registration is open, so if any of this sounded interesting, just jump on in. Um, David and Lisa, again, as always, thank you for stopping by the show.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: Thanks.
0: Once again, I want to thank Lisa and David Spira for being our guests on the show. Recon, the reality escape convention, does start this Sunday, August 23rd, carries through to Monday, August 24th, and I will see you there for at least part of it. I'll definitely be around for some of Sunday. Uh, And again, it's free, so if you haven't, if you, fam, if you haven't smashed that like button, no, um... (laughs) No, I haven't been watching like a bunch of YouTube personalities. I I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. I just I I try, man. Um, okay, not entirely too. Like uh, I've been right, watching some Renee Ritchie videos. Uh, but you know, those are different. He's very good at suddenly sliding in uh, to an ad at the end of every one of his videos. I don't know if you've ever watched Renee Ritchie video. Renee Ritchie is a tech commentator. He's been around for for quite some time. Uh, and just there's, there's this thing that happens at the end of every one of his videos, he's going, he's just chugging along, chugging along, you think he's making arguments, and then he makes this transition into the pitch for the alternate video service that he puts things up on, and for the first 10 seconds, it's like he's still talking about the topic at hand, and then you're like, wait, oh, this is an ad, to which I say, kudos, good on you but also it's horrifying <laughs> so um yeah huh that's that's there's a whole tangent in there um come on down to recon and i'll see you there on sunday uh, there's some things i can't i can't avoid on monday so i probably won't get to be there as much as i would like to be but i'll definitely be around uh for good chunks of sunday um i i've I've either properly caffeinated myself or I'm, I'm riding a bit of a wave of optimism. And I, and I don't entirely, I mean, I do know where some of it's coming from. It's coming from some very specific space, places. Um, uh, I don't know why or how the feeling is keeping me buoyant above the absolute horror show that uh, reality is right now. I mean, my home state is on fire uh, in a scary way. Uh, If you don't know it because of all the other nonsense, uh, California is just just kind of toast right now, uh, which is tray disturbing. And, uh, you know, there's there's the general chaos of uh, of America in 2020. Uh, There's the pandemic, which is holding everything back. Um, And if I if I focus up, I can get myself sad again uh, real quick. But but there's something there's a spirit that feels like it's awakening again. Um, and, and I just got this sense of, I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to put my finger on it, uh, because I don't want to tie it to like a specific set of things. I don't want to say, well, because like, you know, these people got indicted over here or, you know, this speech went well over there or that loan came through all of which are things. Um, but there's, there's a, there's a momentum to reality right? Like there's, there's a, a, a thing where things get bad and they keep getting worse and they keep getting worse. And, and like, it just seems to spiral out of control. And, but the, the pro version of that can exist too, where things start going well and then they, they pick up and then the other thing goes and then suddenly you're, the inertia is with you. It's not frictionless and it's not smooth, but you're not at a dead stop anymore and i've there's there's some stuff in the general vibe of reality that that is making that feel uh like a possibility here like that that's a thing that's a thing that's happening um yeah so i just wanted to i wanted to share that with you i mean i could list all of the reasons why things are not good i could but i want you to know that uh, there's there there's there's things to look forward to. and i I guess I'm saying I have hope. And I'm not afraid of having hope right now. and i'm 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 seeing determination. I, I think that there's there's this there's this particular frequency, um, where, um, fear and panic, Uh, turn into division and everyone gets set against each other and then only malefactors, only bad actors can take action, right? In the, in the chaos. And, and and you don't actually need to turn the fear and turn the division all the way off. You don't need to switch it off. It is, it is a, it is a knob. And if you can just bring it down enough, if you can reduce the fever, then the bad actors and the chaos agents, they they can't do what they do. They need a they need a particular environment to exist in. And there's just something about this moment. There's something about the moment. There's something about the window that is open in the direction that I feel us going in where I feel like the chaos agents, they can't can't do what they need to do in order to keep on winning. They just can't. A lot of... The funny thing about living in a democracy is that um, policy, and thus the structure of society, is shaped by opinion and opinion is shaped by phenomenon, which leads us into phenomenology and leads us into our world where perception becomes reality, narrative becomes truth. All the things, how you are shaping someone's experience, uh, the sandbox you set up so that someone can come to their own conclusions and thus embrace a worldview talking about the, the, the razor thin difference between an alternate reality game and a conspiracy theory, which, which there's been a really a lot of great writing about lately. Um, we know how a lot of this stuff works. We know how spinning stories, spinning narratives, manufacturing consent, uh, we're students of media, we're students of the arts, we're students of perception. Um, but we are not immune to it, right? Like, we live in these systems. We live in these systems of of manufactured reality. We live in these systems, um, and and I just, I wanna share that I'm not talking about magic or magical thinking. I'm not talking about, um, you know, belief somehow directly shaping reality. There are intermediary steps (laughs) between, between thought, action, and infrastructure, right? But the way we look at reality, the way we perceive reality, does affect the range of what we believe to be true. What we consider as possibilities. Whereas the actual range of possibilities in reality are larger than what we perceive, larger than what we believe in. And we can get blindsided when we just don't believe that something could be real. And a whole lot of other people do. And it may not even actually be real, but enough people believe that, whoop, suddenly You're sliding down a water slide of a reality tunnel. And and for the past few years, we have been on someone else's ride. And right now, at the end of this summer, when everything has gone off the rails, that's the key. We're not on anybody's ride anymore because everything has gone off the rails, right? No one has been driving the train for a while, okay? Someone built a loop-de-loop on the water slide and did not get someone to inspect it. Everything has broken apart. (sighs) And in that moment, we have agency again. And we've had agency this whole summer and we've seen it build up and i i see that spirit rising and i know it will sustain us I don't know don't know how the election's going to go don't know how the pandemic's going to go but i know that the spirit will sustain us I see that now i see it That's what's up Um, more than any, you know, grifter getting arrested on a Chinese billionaire's yacht, more than any expose into what a pig farmer in Manila is doing, more than any poll, more than any, you know, good news about viral therapies or good news about rapid testing, more than more than any of that stuff. It's it's the tenor and tone. The spirit. That I'm dialed into here. All right. Didn't expect. Yeah. Well. Whatever. We expect it sometimes. Uh, I hope you guys have a good weekend. I hope to see you at recon. Um, I'm I'm excited about what. The next couple of months are going to bring us. I, I am? I am. I am. I didn't expect us to be saying these things. That's the thing. I don't know. Um, maybe it is the caffeine. <laughs> Certainly not the heat wave. Uh, yeah. Let's do this thing. We got more episodes in the can. Unbroken Streak is on its way. Uh, and let's do the end of the show credits thing that we do. Okay, um, flipping over to that. So, the sustaining backers of No Prescinium are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sydney Gillery, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Brittany, and Elaine with two new backers sustaining backers coming in at the top of the month uh, you can join them all at patreon.com slash no proscenium the music our glorious music is by chris supporter of the speakeasy society here in los angeles i'm your host noah nelson our executive editor of the site is Catherine Yu. and until next time thank you for wearing the mask